definitely human. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It is 1920, the year of Cornelia Cavendish's 60th birthday. On an expedition to the opening of a newly discovered Egyptian tomb, Cornelia and her unlikely associates have encountered and survived a series of horrors on the Nile. Now, with their destination in sight, our heroes dare to hope that their troubles are finally behind them. But there is no place for hope in... The Infinite Bad! The Tomb of Aresnufis, Part 6 It has been a full three days since our heroes left the smoky bustle of Cairo, and they are now nearing their destination. From a distance, the excavation looks like a gouge, a deep score in the sand and stone that spreads trackless from the banks of the Nile. There are no landmarks. It's as if a map has just started to be drawn, and the only elements put to paper are the dig site and the murky brown of the Great River. It's difficult to even make out how Henry Clifford came upon this place. Our heroes can see just a crumbling stone pillar, barely cresting the sand, and the excavation has since revealed a great stone door, which must have been at least 15 feet below ground. The sky shines a fierce, crystal blue above them, illuminating a few figures emerging from taupe-coloured tents that they just now begin to notice are embedded within the excavation. The Nubia slows to a stop at the riverbank, and her crew prepare to disembark. Oh, thank fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot get off the ship quick enough. I will trot after drawing. <laughs> uh, I will wait for Dorothy to go first. All right. Yep. Okay. Uh, great. So, Joy, you are uh, <laughs> the sense of relief that you feel of being back on on solid ground is palpable, but uh, completely invisible to everyone else who doesn't seem to have noticed at all. Maybe about a tough time of things. <laughs> I'm like stretching, like I feel fantastic. <laughs> back to eight hit points thanks to Dorothy. <laughs> Never better. Yeah. Shame about all that. Uh, 
terrible business on the boat, obviously. <laughs> yeah, sure, you literally haven't slept in three days. You're, you're hanging on by your nails here. I'm sitting on the bank, just like really enjoying the ground, the earth, the sand. Uh, so you see a fair-haired and very proud-chested man. He's wearing a short-sleeved khaki short, uh, shirt and uh, khaki shorts as well. Uh, and he's got a pith helmet on and he steps forward towards you uh, with a big bushy ginger moustache and he introduces himself with a large hairy forearm uh, goes straight past uh, the three ladies towards Sebastian <laughs> uh, and he says hello my good man oh god I would like to make a strength check <laughs> 14 oh, okay uh, so uh, there's a brief struggle but you <laughs> overcome him I uh, clap him on the shoulder <laughs> Good to meet you, lad. <laughs> Sebastian St. <Saint> Battenberg. <laughs> uh, so Henry Clifford, as he introduces himself, uh, braces, buckles a little bit under your hand and he burbles uh, somewhat dis- disconcerted by your strength. But he says, oh, uh, yes, very good to meet you. Uh, Henry Clifford, uh, adventurer of, of some repute. Yes, uh, we've, we've heard all about you, haven't we? <laughs> Yes, and uh, is this your your family, Mr. St. Battenberg? Ha! 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 No. <laughs> Associates only. This is Mrs. Cavendish. Say, Sebastian, stop bullying Mr. Clifford. He's just lost his mother. <laughs> so Henry Clifford... I, I like freeze. <laughs> Henry... like, out of the corner of my eye, just like, look... <laughs> Clifford. I say, he starts... Cornelia Cavendish, you would have heard that I'm coming. My condolences, my son. (laughs) So Henry Clifford started laughing at your sentence before he understood it. And right at this moment, in fact, you can see um, the last person off the ship is in fact Harold Clifford, um, who has been retired the entire uh, previous day. And John Salim is gingerly taking him uh, across the gangplank onto the makeshift dock. And uh, Henry Clifford looks at you and his eyes begin to widen and he says, My God, Mrs. Cavendish, what are you saying? Such a tragedy. The Nile took her. <laughs> the Nile took her. <laughs> <laughs> she sank peacefully, as we understand uh, it. <laughs> no, Mrs. Cavendish, actually it was rather violent. <laughs> I... No, no, Sebastian. <laughs> she went... I mean, (laughs) she drowned at best. More likely was devoured by crocodiles. (laughs) But how are you, Mr. Clifford? (laughs) Yes, enough about us. This is my ward, Joy. (laughs) Um, So his eyes flicker very briefly briefly towards you, Joy. This is Dorothy Taylor, a field nurse from America. And then very quickly towards you, Dorothy. But then at this point, Harold starts, at the sight of his son, Henry, Harold starts moaning again. And he says, my boy, Rose, Rose. And he he rushes as quickly as he is able to, just ambling a little bit more quickly down the makeshift dock towards Henry. Henry rushes up to uh, Harold and they embrace and they start sobbing and weeping. Um, Jean Salim doesn't really know what to do he starts rolling himself a cigarette while he looks awkwardly at this embrace yeah, I'm deeply uncomfortable now <laughs> I start smoking Ooh. you can see three uh, workers who all look Egyptian uh, who have also emerged from the tents to see this uh, the, the arrival of this of this uh, convoy 
and they are all just standing around sullenly looking at you. They don't feel the need to introduce themselves to you or anything like that. I don't know if you want to. I don't say think we need to introduce ourselves. I just I wave to the workers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they stare at you blankly. Hello, good day to you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Henry takes Harold over to one of the tents, one of the larger tents, and uh, brings him inside. You're left standing outside in the midday heat. Um, and then after maybe two minutes or so, Henry comes back out uh, and, and steps towards you. And he looks clearly very distraught. And he says, uh, well, I must have the truth of, uh, of exactly what happened to, uh, to, 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 to my mother. My father is saying some some awful things that there was a sandstorm that she she fell overboard yes. before anyone could save her. Yes, yes, yes. that yes. pretty much sums yeah. it up, I think. Yeah. Yes, my God, I told them they shouldn't have come, but did such... you? <laughs> what? They're such Excuse proud me? parents. Ah, uh, damn it, Lord Talbot! I'll have to have a word with him. This is oh, entirely unacceptable. I mean, we were Man told the parents. journey would be perfectly safe, so. My God, a journey three days down the Nile. We're halfway to the Sudan. This isn't safe. Will you bring a child here? <laughs> I mean... And an American? <laughs> well, just a jaunt along the water. It's my birthday. This is Cavendish's birthday. It is, in fact, your birthday right today, Cornelia. Ah. <laughs> so he's, he starts muttering to himself and he uh, briefly introduces you to the three workers. He says, well, these are my boys. They're working on the dig site. And uh, I suppose Lord Talbot will want you to be uh, in, inspecting the dig site and witnessing our excavation. Well, we're planning to break on through inside the tomb tomorrow. There's just a... Uh, few final preparations that we need to make, buttresses that we need to set up, etc. Oh, uh, your tents are over there, he says. He's, he's not very keen to show you into them. Okay. Oh, I see. Like that, is it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll check out my tent, I think. Okay. I'll see what it's like. Yeah, I'll go with. So you've all been put up in one very large tent, and it's actually surprisingly comfortable and luxurious. It looks like uh, Lord Talbot. tent? Yes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Well, uh, excuse me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Where's my tent? <laughs> well, it looks like this tent was clearly set up for one person, Cornelia, <laughs> and then three more cots have been, been hastily brought into it. God, no. uh, <laughs> Uh, but but it looks like the initial tent, at least, uh, Lord Talbot did want to make it a, a pleasurable experience for Cornelia. And so it has quite a few amenities. It has a little desk and uh, a few chairs in it, a little coffee table, and the, the floor is spread with carpet. And, uh, you see, Joy, all the coffee you want now! Oh, yes, goodness. indeed. <laughs> I make myself a cup of coffee. Uh, so you start drinking your coffee. What do the rest of you want to do? I'm still just in disbelief that there is only one tent. <laughs> I'm like looking around to see if like if there's another tent somewhere or if this is a joke or something like that. <laughs> okay. And I'll go take a look around the dig site, I think. Yep. I've still hung on to the opium. Yes. So yes. Far. You know, someone asked me for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna accompany Cornelia. Okay. Sebastian, you start looking around. Uh, you can see that there are four other tents. Uh, two of the tents seem to be for the workers. Yeah. Uh, and Jean Salim and Mohammed have also pitched up in one of them and are just sitting smoking indoors. Uh, one of the tents seems to be for Henry Clifford himself. Mm -hmm. 
and then the last tent is the one that Cornelia is in. So there are no other tents that you can see. Uh, you notice as you're as you're walking around inspecting all the tents, trying to to find where the rest of them are, um, <laughs> that Harold, Henry's father, has stepped back out and is now sitting on the bollard on the makeshift dock, just staring glumly at the boat. Does Harold have a tent? Uh, Harold was brought into Henry's his son's tent, oh. uh, but has now stepped back out and is, is sitting there. Um, Cornelia and Dorothy. So you. St- start taking a look around the dig site. Uh, There is only this pillar that you can see. Besides that, there is an excavation which has been made into the sand, uh, which has revealed this large stone tomb door. Uh, So it's about 15 feet tall and about as wide. So it's a square door. And approaching it, you can see that several kind of stabilizing buttresses have been put up. uh, And you see a couple of crates with what looks like very poorly uh, stored dynamite is next to it. Hmm. So stepping Stepping towards the door, you can see that it is covered with hieroglyph carvings. I attempt to read the hieroglyph carvings. Make an occult check. 19. 19, wow. Okay, so um, having been extremely excited about the prospect of this trip and the prospect of, of being able to see... An, an event is as as unique as this. Uh, you have read up on some of these hieroglyphs, and indeed, you can see that there are these depictions which look like the head of the canopic jar that you found in Lord Talbot's office. Uh, and beside it, you can see hieroglyphs that do seem to spell out the Good Companion, which is the moniker that Lord Talbot said was most frequently associated with Arisnufis. Uh, however, you do make out that there's other hieroglyphs next to it, which almost seem like alternate uh, depictions of Arisnufus. So there's his visage and his countenance in one pose, but then there's a similar countenance in a different pose, this time holding a feathered fan, or another time holding a spear, or another time holding the severed head of uh, an enemy or a slave or whoever might be the the, the subject of of this god in, in ancient mythology. And besides those depictions of Arisnufus, you can see different words. Um, the only one that you can make out with any clarity are uh, is the title on the third row, which says "The Restless Traveller." Um, but you can make other make out other individual hieroglyphs, uh, which seem to refer to finality and mouth. Mouth, mouth. huh? Mm. Mm. Okay. So as you are inspecting these uh, carvings mm-hmm. very, very closely, a hand claps on your shoulder and you start and turn around and you see that it is Henry Clifford and he's peering at you a little bit too closely. And you can see the sweat beading on his nose uh, from the midday heat. And he says, Mrs. Cavendish, Hello. what are you doing here? It's not just safe near all the dynamite. Just taking a look at the hieroglyphs. Ah, yes. What have you been able to glean from them? This appears to be a tomb of uh, uh, dedicated to Aris Nufius. I believe that uh, Lord Talbot has made it known he's a, a very uh, favourable deity, uh, a good omen, the good companion they call him, a blessed deity, very beloved, so I would expect that inside this tomb we would find a figure of some import, uh, a prince or a general, perhaps. Hmm. And what of the other monikers, the restless traveller? Uh, make a wisdom check. Seven. Uh, he doesn't seem to doesn't seem to recognize that, and he says, well, "I'm not sure what you mean, uh, Mrs. Cavendish." Can I point them out? He looks at them and he says, 
I'm afraid my knowledge of hieroglyphs is uh, outmatched by yours, Mrs. Cavendish. Uh, obviously, I studied the the ones that refer to her as Nufus, but these must be other uh, genealogical uh, markings that depict the, the, the inhabitants of the tomb. Okay. <laughs> uh, Dorothy, make a perception check. Four. Okay. So, what do the rest of you want to do at this point? Uh, Sebastian, you are just still walking around, <laughs> and Joy, you've now had your coffee, and you have that kind of stayed up way too long, but you're buzzed because of the coffee, so you're a little bit kind of excitable and uh, energetic. I definitely want to go off and explore the... Uh, yeah, the dig. The dig. The archaeological dig. dig. Yeah, I want to mm-hmm. explore that. Okay. Wait, did you say Harold is just sitting down looking at the... Yes. Yeah. I sit down next to Harold. Make a perception check. Fifteen. Fifteen. Uh, you notice that Harold is, is is sweating a lot. Like, he's very, very, very sweaty, and he's looking a little bit ashen. Mm. Yes, yeah, hot, isn't it? <laughs> very hot. Uh, Harold kind of bobs his head uh, to signal that he's heard you, but he doesn't say anything, and you, you can just hear him murmuring something, uh, whispering something, but you can't make out what it is. Sorry, what's saying. that? I can't quite make out what you're saying. You're just sort of mumbling under your breath. You could just speak a little louder. Enunciate, you know. Um, he, he ceases his murmuring at this point. Sort of <laughs> lean in even closer. What's that? <laughs> no? <laughs> uh, so at this point, uh, Henry who's talking to you, Cornelia, uh, says, by the way, have you uh, procured that opium for me? Oh, that, yes, yes, <laughs> no, it's, it's just, yes, come, come get it. <laughs> I have it safely in my... Where is it? Is it in the tent? Yeah, it's in my tent. Okay, so you start taking Henry back to... With the... all my personal effects. Over. Yeah. yeah, you start taking Henry back towards the tent. Joy, uh, you're walking around the excavation, around the big site, um, and in fact, you can see what Lord Talbot was talking about, or what Henry claimed Lord Talbot, uh, what Henry was claiming to Lord Talbot, that the workers seem to be very, very restless, and they're walking around, and they've got their kind of picks. But you can, it looks like the the work of of pickaxes is done at this point, and they just need to be setting up the buttresses. But they seem to be scratching at the ground and just looking at each other. And every once in a while, they'll they start biting on their nails. It looks like, and then they'll go back to scratching at the ground, and they seem to be. It, you're surprised that they can maintain this level of vigor and physical activity in the sun, um, but you can you start to to become a little bit unsettled by just the, the fervor with which they're doing seemingly nothing. Very strange. Dorothy, what do you want to do? Cornelia is taking Henry back towards the tent. Um, I guess I'll join Joy then. Um, okay. And, and just observing. The workers, I don't think they should be trusted with dynamite, is my initial feeling. Or pickaxes. Or pickaxes, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it seems very odd. Okay. Um, could I do, um, like, some sort of medicine check? Yeah, go for it. their, like, symptoms? 15? Uh, so they look like they have some, a severe problem. It looks like <laughs> they might be experiencing the beginnings of a seizure, almost, is what it looks it's like. like the oh. nurses at Drake Club, isn't it? That were doing that. The nurses that were digging in the ground. Oh yeah, right. That and there was the yeah. right at the, uh, the beginning. The dogs that were whirling around yeah. digging in the ground as well. I want to show um, Henry Clifford the, um, the alabaster 
idol. I said, take a look at this. Ignore the blood. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just uh, that. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> what do you make of this? Uh, so he, he starts taking a look at it and his eyes widen as he brings it close to his quivering moustache to take it in. Uh, and he says, my good woman, where did you find this? This is exactly the likeness of Arasnufus. I found a canopic jar from a, a tribe of Bedouin savages, and the head on that jar is is the exact match to this one. I said, it was found on one of the ship hands. Who well, where sadly, is the man? Who has sadly passed away due to no one's fault. <laughs> Good God, how many men have died on this boat? <laughs> Two. <laughs> As you say that... Um, you're still sitting next to Harold yeah. and you just notice now that he has slumped off the bollard and has fallen into kind of a fetal position on the makeshift dock. Okay. Uh, you, what do you want to do? You're the first to notice this. Um, I start shaking him and saying, Are you all right, Harold? Uh, Dorothy! <laughs> Okay, I'm going to go over and check to make sure his airwaves are clear and I'm going <laughs> to get him into the shade and I'm going to... Um, you think we should shake him some more? <laughs> shaking might not be the best mm. idea. Okay, all right. Uh, I'll leave it to you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... So um, you start dragging him. As soon as you get there, make a medicine check. 15. Okay. So uh, Harold is suffering from extreme heat stroke right now. Okay. Uh, he is sweating profusely, and it's a very, very dangerous situation for a man in his mid-70s I, to be in. I would like to put a cigarette in his... And <laughs> 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 get out some brandy and start pouring it over him. <laughs> just trying to help. Yeah, I think we got to get him into the shade. I think we've got to make sure that he's in a position where he can get air into his lungs. And I think we're going to... Um, I think we should... Uh, is he conscious? He doesn't seem to be conscious anymore. Should okay. I just carry him into a tent or something? Yeah, a tent. I think we're going to get him into a tent. Uh, I think give him water. Cool him down by putting, like, water, like, over his clothes is something I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, make a strength check, Sebastian. Uh, six. Six. Uh, okay, so you try to pick him up, but uh, he's kind of limp and floppy at the moment. <laughs> so you, like he, slips, uh, he slips off your sweaty hands <laughs> and he falls back onto the dock uh, with, an, with an embarrassingly loud thunk as his head hits the planks of wood. Um, Joy, you're like looking at this from afar. Wincing. <laughs> um, Henry and Cornelia, you're inside the tent, so uh, you can hear a thump and you can hear... Uh, you heard Sebastian I'll saying, I'll put Harold the bottle down right. before I pick him up. Don't worry, I'll get <laughs> him on the second try. Okay, you step, uh, Henry rushes past you, steps out into the blinding sunlight and looks over, uh, and then he starts yelling, just inchoate yelling as he starts running towards uh, his father. You make a strength check again, Sebastian, try to pick him up again. Ten. Okay, so now you manage to swing him over in like a kind of a fireman's hold uh, and start loping towards one of the tents with Dorothy following, right? So you get him into one of the tents. Uh, Henry's kind of just hovering around, really looking very, very concerned and worried. Uh, you put Harold down on, the, on, on one of the cots and Dorothy starts trying to use water to cool him down. Uh, Dorothy, make another medicine check. 15. Uh, you don't think it's working. He's now very clammy and cold. Like you, you, no one else knows this at the moment because you're making a good show of it, but you're pretty sure he's gonna, he's he's on his way out. 
Like he's breathing very, very rapidly, shallow breaths. Perhaps he's got a shoulder dislocated or something. (laughs) Maybe he could just sleep it off. This is not the time, Sebastian. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, hmm. This seems bad. Henry, Henry, uh, Henry seems to have identified that you're um, you're the medical expert of this group, mm-hmm. and he comes to you and he puts his hand on your shoulder and turns you to look at him, uh, and he looks very concerned with his arms crossed, and he says, "Well, he's just a, he's just taken a tumble. He'll you'll, you'll be right as rain tomorrow." I think he's suffering from quite severe heat stroke, sir. My God. Well, I mean, he'll sleep it off. It'll be fine in the morning. Mm, yes, that's my thought too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> perfectly fine. Uh, He's gonna die. Your your medical opinion is that he's on he's, his way he's out. He's on his way out. Okay. Um, yes. Well, like I, I mean, he's still alive now, though, right? Yeah. I think we just have to keep, like, you know, make trying to make sure that he's comfortable. Okay. Make a persuasion check. Make sure he's comfortable. Yes, that's something you say when there's hope. Yeah. <laughs> Seventeen. He said, well, of course, of course, he should be comfortable. Of course, yeah, he's, he's here for a holiday. He's here visiting his son. He should, be, he should have all the comforts. Exactly. Do you have any brandy? <laughs> um, okay, so uh, Henry seems somewhat assuaged by your, uh, your statement, and he says, well, well, I suppose, I mean, I'll, he'll, he'll just uh, rest up, take a nap, and I'll, I'll see him later. I'll, I'll attend to the, the remaining preparations that need to be made. Uh, I want him to be the first one in the tomb tomorrow. I've no doubt he will be, my friend. No doubt whatsoever. <laughs> Come on, Dorothy. Oh, this is bad. <laughs> you need to be stuck. Oh. On more pressing matters, have we figured out uh, where my tent is? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I feel like I should probably tell him that he should say goodbye to his dad, but I don't want him to freak out. <laughs> I feel like he's not oh, no, all the qualities <laughs> necessary for a fine dad. Yeah. I've always said. I just don't think he's going to handle this news very well, but I don't want him to miss the opportunity to say goodbye to him. I think I'm going to tell him, like, the prognosis isn't good. Okay. So, uh, Henry twitches as you deliver this news, and then there's a moment of silence, and then he roars, What?! I think you she... said he was going to be fine. Yeah, I don't think that's what I said. Uh, I'm doing all I can, sir, but I, I it's not looking good. Well, do you need more water? We're by the bloody Nile. I think I think his condition is a little too far gone. I'm really sorry. Okay, uh, Henry falls to his knees besides uh, his father's cot. Uh, and grasps both of his hands in his uh, and and starts murmuring gently to him, uh, ignoring the rest of you at this point. Slowly back out of the tent. (laughs) I think I've just arrived. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on here? Everything good? (laughs) The rest of you want to say something to Cornelia? Uh, I'll just take her by the arm and kind of like... What? What? (laughs) Go out of the tent with her. Um, Cornelia, you notice actually that uh, now not only have the uh, workers started on the opium, uh, but the uh, Jean Salim and, and Mohammed have also gotten into it. And it seems like they've actually gone in because you left it in your personal effects, but they've gone into your tent and taken it and started smoking it. Hey, now. 
<laughs> I'm gonna go through my stuff. Okay, that's not bad. No. Oh. Um, well, I guess technically it was theirs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I was yeah, just like, I was hoarding it. <laughs> no, I'm in the wrong here. No, it, yes, it's quite right. Oh. Um, I'll let that go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so do you want to have a look around the dig site any further? any of you, or do you want to... I will, if there's anything left yeah. to see. Okay. So, yeah, at the moment, there's not very much going on uh, in, in the excavation site, because all the workers are, are smoking their opium. Henry is with his father. Um, so he's, he's feeling quite lazy. At the moment. So you take the opportunity mm. to start walking mm. around. Uh, make perception checks, everyone. 12. 16? 6. 4. So, Sebastian, uh, you notice... Uh, as you crest one of the sand dunes that abuts onto the excavation site, that in the distance, maybe 300 feet away, uh, is is something that looks like a, a protrusion in the otherwise featureless sands uh, that draws your attention. Because you can, you can make it out well enough to see that it's not a tree, uh, and it looks to be fashioned by human hands. What the hell is that? I just walk towards it. Okay, you start trudging your way through the sand. Uh, you quickly notice that the sand is actually extremely soft and the going becomes quite difficult quite quickly. Oh, Make okay. a, an athletics check. <laughs> and the rest of you follow, by the way. Yeah, I'll follow. Fifteen. Fifteen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to follow. Okay. Do I need to make a check? Uh, yes, the rest of you make uh, strength checks. Ooh. Okay. Eight. Nineteen. Eighteen. 18. Okay. Uh, so all of you, except for Cornelia, uh, managed to skip your way through the sand relatively easily. Cornelia, unfortunately, you take a, one of your shoes comes off half step uh, on, on a sloping sand dune and you actually start falling uh, down the side of a sand dune, rolling <laughs> about 20 feet. Uh, it's very, very undignified, but it doesn't damage you in any way. Okay. I look around to make sure no one noticed it, but I just... <laughs> I pick myself up and brush myself off and keep going. <laughs> uh, thankfully, the others were in front of you, so no one, no one thought to look back, so no one did notice. Um, as you approach, Sebastian, you're first, and you can see that this looks like a uh, a large stone monolith, and it's made of this kind of dark grey stone, uh, and then it seems to be like hewn in a very rough way. Um, what you can tell immediately is that it resembles none of the stone that you've seen on the whole trip here. The stone that the tomb door is made of is very pale, kind of sand-coloured stone, mostly sandstone. In fact, uh, this is dark and it has a kind of uh, almost a a green-black luster to it. Uh, It almost looks like volcanic glass, but it's a bit cloudier than that. Uh, It's covered in runes that look nothing like hieroglyphs. If anything, they almost look more like cuneiform, like just wedge shapes and right, chicken okay. scratches and strange, uh, in strange configurations. Do any of you touch it? Yes. Yes, I touch it. <laughs> I touch it we immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I touch it as well. Handle it. Uh, it is cool to the touch. Make wisdom saves. One. Eleven. Okay. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yep, that's a one. Okay. So, uh, Cornelia, you gain ten dread uh, mm-hmm. as you sense it. You sense something like t- 
teeming underneath your palm as it touches. At first, it's cool to the touch, but it almost feels like the entire monolith is made up of just millions and millions of ants crawling, just not necessarily doing anything to your hand, but just moving beneath it. Sebastian, mm -hmm. uh, you gain 15 dread, and you look over to Cornelia, and you realize something about her, that she's trying to take your monolith. And you feel this sense that this whole time you thought that Cornelia was your friend, but you get this kind of pang of absolute hatred as you can see that she's looking hungrily at your <laughs> monolith um, with her hand kind of grasping, her bony hand clutching at your monolith. Uh, make, a, uh, make an attack roll at disadvantage. At uh, 12... Get your goddamn hands off my monolith! <laughs> Roll a d4 for damage. And uh, this one? Mm hmm. That's a four. That's a four. Okay, so uh, Cornelia, you look over to Sebastian to see if he's feeling the same kind of teeming sense that you're feeling under your hands. Yeah, just and you get a it's kind of tingling. <laughs> you get a backhand across the face, uh, and Sebastian looks down at you and glares at you with this baleful stare of hatred. Sebastian, you look down at Cornelia and you notice someone's struck her. Someone has backhanded her and now she's sprawled on the floor and you look around but you can't see anyone. Sebastian, why? Sebastian, for goodness sakes. What are you doing? I always knew it would come to this, Sebastian. Somebody has attacked Mrs. Cavendish. <laughs> Can anyone see where the culprits might have gone? Sebastian, you hit her. <laughs> now, Dorothy, I look think... Look at your uh... hand. <laughs> I look at my hand. Your hand has Cornelia's spittle on it from where you struck her in the mouth. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> I'm still like looking around to see where the attacker came from. Cornelia, um, are you alright? I help Cornelia. No! No, I'm not alright! <laughs> what? Who did this to you? Speak to me! Um, I want to strike Sebastian. <laughs> In the face. <laughs> okay. With your fist. Yes. Okay. Yes. 18. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Roll a d4. Four. <laughs> so she... Cornelia, there you are! Cornelia cracks back in with an astonishingly powerful right hook. <laughs> That's halved my hip. <laughs> It has split your lip and you look down at your hand. I just look at Mrs. Cavendish with like like a mixture of surprise and like hurt on my face. Like, Traitor! But why? <laughs> Dorothy, Mrs. Cavendish has gone mad! It's my birthday as well! <laughs> Guys, we need to calm down, and I think maybe you need to give that woman some bloody medicine. Look what she did to me for no make, reason. Okay. Make uh, make a medicine check. Eighteen. So uh, you start to think that this might be heat stroke as well. I think this might be heat stroke, guys. I think we should get. All back. you know is one of the symptoms is disorientation and like. Um... Yeah, I think we should get back to the tents. I think we should leave this. Uh... Yeah, that's a good idea. I think Mrs. Cavendish needs to cool off a bit. Sebastian, you, you straight up hit her across the face. No, that doesn't check out. <laughs> Cornelia, what do you say? Happy birthday, me! <laughs> Walk away. 
As Cornelia sulks back to the cluster of tents, a shroud of gloom settles over the dig site. The sun is setting on this scene of melancholy. The workers are slumped on the slope of a dune, their minds unravelling in a groggy haze of opium. Henry Clifford kneels in vigil at the bed of his father, whose breath rattles in the night air. With nothing left to say to each other, Dorothy, Cornelia, Sebastian and Joy retire to their tent to sleep. In the distance now, the monolith bears mute witness, as it has for countless years. And as our hero's eyes grow heavy with the sands of sleep, cold and distant stars pierce the black canopy of the desert sky. And the nightmares approach. You've been listening to The Tomb of Oresnufis. Written by Giorgio Mariani and produced and edited by David Knight and Tom Dalling. With music by Jonathan Day. Starring Eleanor Kohler as Dorothy Taylor, Maximilian John as Cornelia Cavendish, David Knight as Sebastian St. Battenberg and Charlie May as Joy Dutton. I am Giorgio Mariani, Game Master. You can follow The Infinite Bad, as well as our other podcast shows, on Twitter at HumanDefinitely and support the production of this series on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash definitely human. The Infinite Bad is a Definitely Human production. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.